News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. Good morning. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Aaron McNutt here with Rick Van Dyvendyke from Dutch Growers. If you have a question for Rick today, give us a call at one 332 8255 Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Aaron. A little bit of a dreary day out there. Yeah, well, the last couple of days it's been it's been great for a not a lot of rain, but it's been whatever we get. I mean, right now, oh, yeah. the, the 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 crops are they need don't need rain right now. They just need to get it off the off the fields. But mm-hmm. I think that the cattle the um, they could use the grass to green up just a little bit. It doesn't take very much rain no. to green up the grass because uh, those the farmers they're pretty tough. They're almost thinking about they might have to start. Um, you know, some have already, I think down south, already start feeding their cattle because there's just nothing out in pastures. So to get a bit of rain to green things up, I might put them through so they don't have to at least start feeding until, you know, the snow flies. Yeah, so, push it off a little bit longer. Yep, it'd be. So any kind of moisture right now is awesome. And it would have been Perfect. nice if this came a month ago, but we'll take it at any time. Uh, we can't exactly. complain. <laughs> yep, yesterday's yesterday. Today's exactly. <laughs> so, you just take it as you can. Do- yeah, but otherwise, yeah, the weather uh, looks like the weather is going to be a little bit dr- rainy and dreary for the next couple of days. And then, but the temperatures are still up and just around 20, 23 degrees for the next week or so. So it uh, looks like um, it's going to be a nice, nice fall. Yeah. And it's, uh, we were talking a little bit, uh, before the show got started here. There's, uh, we, we've been noticing a lot of bugs, specifically wasps <laughs> over the last <laughs> little bit here. What's going on? What's going on? It's yeah. uh, there's lack of lack of uh, with all the drought, the lack of flowers and different things that the wasps would normally have, and we know how in the fall, um, normally wasps when they their their nests get bigger, and usually by this time of the year the nests are large, and there's a lot of workers out there and they're busy trying to find food and they're having a hard time and they get. Just like us, we get hangry. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> we get hangry. You need and a snack sometimes. Got hang- <laughs> yeah, they, the wasps are hangry right now, and they're um, they're just out looking for food. So, um, you know, you'll see them all over your vehicle and picking off the little bugs that are in the front and of the vehicle because they're yep. looking for something to, to eat now. And, uh, and yeah, they're, they're everywhere. They're after the – they're feeding on the aphids. They're feeding on anything they can. Uh, especially the sap. The, now, That's my know, you, issue. I park under a tree and I have yep. a bunch of sap and just all sorts of stuff dropping off the tree onto the car. And I went out the other day and there was uh, quite a few wasps just uh, <laughs> who had made the, the, the top of the, the car their buffet table, I think. Yeah, it was it, creepy. <laughs> yeah, so so the maples have all kinds of, you know, whether maple bugs on them or mm-hmm. they have aphids on them or whatever they have, It's they're, they're just... They want to drip their sap because of all the excrement from all the insects, and that's why the wasps like hanging around maple trees as well. Because there's there's usually food this time of the year yep. around maple trees, so that's where they they'll hang around in around that. So it's um, no, it's kind of crazy that you'll you'll get that in the in the in this time of the year, and and how do you take care of them? Like it's sort of the whole thing. There yeah. there are people are trying to decide okay do i get rid of them or are they still pollinators right Mm -hmm. and so that's the whole the balancing act right but the the wasps this time of the year they're looking for anything like (laughs) i was at puppy class the other day and of course we have these little 
you know, little sticks of wieners yeah. <laughs> that we have. We slice up and, and you have them for dog treats, you know, as you're training. And I tell you, the wasps were just all <laughs> hanging Big around fans, everybody eh? that had, <laughs> that had at, at, at the classes. Everybody had the, this trying to get to their hand where they had the wieners oh, off no. their hand. <laughs> the wasps were fighting it. It's amazing how quickly they found all yeah. those pieces of, of hot dog, you know. And, if you're uh, hungry so enough, yeah, I guess. Hang- yeah, they're hangry right now, so they're, they're after anything. So it was uh, interesting to see people all of a sudden jumping around and swatting the air and everything else. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, there's a bunch of wasps around you. So, um, but Would yeah, you there, look at there's that? lots of ways. <laughs> Here, just look at that. So there's there's ways to get rid of them. The best way I find is that because how do you sit there and find the nest? A lot of times you can't find the nest. They're, yeah. they're so hidden. Uh, or they're underneath the crack of the sidewalk or in the wall of the house or underground or whatever. So uh, it's a matter of just uh, putting out a little wasp trap. You know, that's probably the best way. And you just put a little bit of pop or sugary water in it and and they'll find it very quickly. And um, that seems to be the best way to curb some of that. So uh, I feel sorry for the people that are really allergic to yeah. to. Um, to stings because, uh, you know, this time of the year when they're more aggressive and earlier, uh, it makes it a little scary for them. So, but, uh, so that why, that's why you have to make sure you keep on top of it. All right. We, uh, we have a call waiting for us here on the line from Regina. It's Mary. Hi there, Mary. What's your question for Rick today? Hi. Um, we're cutting down a choke cherry tree and I wanted to know what the best uh, way to get rid of the roots to kill them off. Yeah, so it's the only choke cherry tree you have, or do you have multiple beside each other? Just, just one. Just one. So the best way to do that is to actually kill the tree first, or leave, or otherwise cut the tree down if you want, but leave a bit of a trunk, okay, for a mm-hmm. bit. And then what you do is you you can drill some holes into the trunk, on use a, a half inch bit as large as bit as you can. And then drill some holes in in the top of the trunk if you cut it down, or if you don't cut it down on an angle at the sides, about three or four inches apart all the way around the trunk, uh, depending on the size of the trunk. And then and then you just put some uh, mixed Roundup in into that into those things into the holes, and you let it soak up, and then you fill them about three times until they soak up. You don't want to be pouring so much that it's dripping all down the trunk. You just want to be very careful about that. Just fill up your hole. So make your hole as deep as you can into the trunk and then that'll absorb. And then that will kill the tree right down to the root because otherwise uh, the the choke cherry, just like poplars, um, they will, as soon as you cut down that tree, those roots are going to send up suckers in your complete yard. It'll be everywhere. So, um, so you want to, so to, to, to prevent all those little things coming up in the lawn, you do want to take some time and kill that stump first um, and and kill the tree first before you'll have a whole bunch of leaves that will drop down if you leave the tree up and try to kill it first. So you'll have a big mess of all these leaves, but it's it's way less pr- problem to do that, to clean up those leaves than to have all these little sticks, little twigs sticking up on your lawn and you're walking your lawn and you're ouch, ouch, ouch in your bare feet, you know, because you got all these uh, your lawnmower cut off all these suckers that now you got all these little twigs sticking up. So you're best to kill those things off before. Now, the only thing to be careful about, like I said, if you do that with poplars or those kind of things, if you have m- multiple plants together, a lot of times it's the same variety of, of tree. They will roots will fuse together so that it can affect the other tree. So you, as long as it's a different type of tree, they don't, won't fuse together. But if they're the same variety of tree, they can fuse together. So you have to be careful that way. You're not going to be able to use that that uh, that system of killing the root. But you can easily. The only thing close to it is a cedar 
and uh, juniper. Yeah, and that's not a problem at all. They, the roots won't fuse together from those two varieties. So, uh, you're, like I said, the, the Roundup, would it be full strength? No, you, you mix with, always go according to the directions. Okay, very important. Anything you use, read the instructions because Roundup doesn't work as a concentrate. Just straight, if you buy concentrate Roundup and pour it in, it won't work. It has to be mixed with water. Okay. Okay. And you I mix with that, water. I buy that Roundup that you spray for your weed. You know, it's, yep. it's already mixed yep. up. <laughs> Perfect. That's what you use then. Okay. All right. Just, you, just the way, just just the way it is. Yeah. You know, yep. Go ahead. We have a, a pussy willow tree, and it um, the some of the branches turn black and then they just break off. And I did read somewhere that it's. It has blight, but is there anything to do about it? Yeah, just trim it out. It's called twig blight, and when the branches turn black, so just trim yeah. those pieces out if you can, and uh, and that's all you can really do. There's no there's no no sprays or cures or anything you put on it. Just you just have to trim it out. Uh, but okay. it's tw- it's called twig blight, and keep the tree healthy. You know, keep it fertilized, keep it watered. You know, even if it's an old tree, and that's the best you can do for it to keep it healthy, so it can resist that 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 disease. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, Mary. You're welcome. All right, we are going to take a quick break, and then we'll get to Ian and Tom, who are waiting for us on the line here. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Erin McNutt here with Rick Van Dyvendyke from Dutch Growers. Rick, we have a few people who have been patiently waiting for us through the break here, so we won't make them wait any longer. Uh, we'll start off with Ian in Saskatoon. Hi there, Ian. What's your question for Rick today? Hi, good morning. morning. Um, Rick, I've got about uh, 70 feet of fence. Um, what fence length where what I want to do is put flower beds against the fence either two or three feet out um, so I you know 150 to 200 square feet and normally I would just take a spade you know and you know cube it up and um, you know bang the dirt off of there and get rid of it and you know be down a couple inches and then I could amend the soil um, it's been too hot and now it's getting to the end of the year and that's a lot of work. So I was thinking of two different ways and I'm not sure if either one is good. I was thinking of just putting landscape fabric over top and then putting dirt on it until spring and then um, removing the dirt and then the landscape fabric and hopefully that would kill the grass over the winter. And the other is just um, putting down some four by fours, which is what I was going to use for edging it off. And, um, and then just round up it. But I'm not sure if I do the roundup, if it will cause the, um, like I'd like to have a couple of inches down where I can add soil in. And I don't know if roundup would, would make the roots disappear or just kill them or what it does. Yeah, if Roundup only works, it doesn't it doesn't work when you just put it on the ground. Okay, uh, it has to be on green leaves. Okay, so the grass blades. And so your best to do if you want, if you're planning on doing this for next spring, is best to kill that grass out completely first, either by digging it out and removing all the roots, digging down and actually physically by your hand, digging the roots out or by, by spraying it. Um, and uh, so, but you'll need to get rid of them first because otherwise you'll be very sad once you put all your flowers in, all this grass is going to grow up through it. Uh, putting the landscape fabric down, 
uh, for the for them putting soil on top of it and then hoping hoping that next spring uh, the grass will be dead. That won't happen. Okay, the grass won't oh. die by doing that. Um, oh, okay. So uh, you, you'll that grass either by you know digging up and then carefully look you know turning the soil and pulling every little piece of rhizome root out and making sure you got it all and uh and you'll miss some pieces and then you'll just have to put, go after them again next year as the flowers are in there but uh, or otherwise right now go ahead. What i would normally do if it was a small area you know was get as much out as i could and yep. then all that root material gone then the soil level will drop so yeah so if I do just use the Roundup, I'll still have to dig out to amend the soil to add, like make room to to add stuff in. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you a lot of a lot of a lot of yards don't have very much soil, right? And so you want to have you know probably you know a good eight inches of topsoil at least, or you know in in that range, if you can, it, or so that otherwise a good choice of that is to you know build the boards up a bit, you know, so you, you um, like you were talking about putting the four by fours down. And then just building the soil up from there, you can do that as well. So um, um, the only problem with that is that it just it makes a spot where you have to you know whippersnip along the, the the wall of your of your bed, right? So, and then you also have to put something against the fence because you don't want to put uh, soil up against the wood of your fence because it'll rot quicker, right? So you have to put a a rot board or something like that up against the fence as well. So I mean, yeah, so there's lots of choice, lots of choices there. Thanks, Rick. Okay. Thanks, Ian. All right, we're going to go over to Tom in Choiceland. Hi there, Tom. What's your question for Rick today? Well, my mom's cabbages, um, like um, she took them out to make sauerkraut, and she was saying, well, some of them, the centers were eating out of them. Yeah, I'm getting lots of lots of people saying that there's there's a couple of things that's happening that I had pictures of, of of cabbages and and those kind of things brought in this in this last week or so is that some had had voles into them and mice into them. One of them had a squirrel actually into them, and the other one had grasshoppers eating just everything. And so yeah, and also you have the cabbage worms and all those kind of things. So there's something that's going inside, and right now I'm hearing because of the the lack of food around everything else you're i'm hearing a lot of the, i think it's an animal or like a bird yeah. or something because it's well, not worms yeah so it'd be if it's just on the outside it could be could be the most likely a rodent uh of some sort that that's eating them and the voles are are right now they're they're in the gardens quite a bit and the best way to get rid of those is just to put any kind of rodent just put a box out there like a shoe box and put about three or four uh, mouse traps inside of just those old cheap wooden mouse traps and put some peanut butter and a raisin or a craisin on top and you'll catch lots of them and right now it's a good time to get rid of them because otherwise from there they're going to be into your grass and your shrubs and everything else underneath the snow all winter so is this supposed to be crunchy peanut butter <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah whatever you got in stock <laughs> I, I know but, uh, okay, and another question I have to ask you. Okay, well, I'm getting these little flies in the house. They're coming through the screen. And and I'm pretty sure, like, they're, I don't know, they're fruit flies or something. Yeah, well, you, right now we've got fungus gnats a lot, and you also have fruit flies. So 
Um, so, and they'll come not let's say right through the screen, but a lot of times your screen has right around the edges. They're not quite really tight. And then you get, uh, you get them, they'll, they'll find little cracks and everything else. So, uh, um, the best to do is just put out some, some sticky traps and, uh, or otherwise, if you think they're fruit flies, just put a little, little cup out there and put, uh, some, some, some little um, water or you can put water or you can put a little pop in there and put a little bit of vinegar on top of the water and you'll and put a little um, uh, plastic cellophane and poke some holes in it. They'll, those fruit flies will find that vinegar like right away and they, they'll go in there and that'll be a nice little homemade little fruit fly trap that works really well. Oh, because before, yeah, I heard that they use... Um or whatever uh, vinegar with um, a little water and a little soap or something. Yep, yep, perfect. Because the soap makes he makes so once they touch the the water, uh, they can't they get stuck to it and they can't go on. But the vinegar is what it really attracts the fruit flies big time. So you have to have some vinegar in there, and it works really well. But putting putting a little cellophane over top, poke some holes in it so yeah. they can't get in, but they can't fly back out. It works really well. And. That- just okay, and, and then now I have these other little black things. I never seen them before, and they're tiny, tiny, tiny. Yeah, like, I and, don't know if that would be them rape beetles or or those little fly or what are they saying? But they, it was so tiny, and I said to my mom, "Come and look at this thing in the sink," and you yeah. could you wouldn't even see it if it didn't move. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, just a matter of uh, there again. They're hanging around the sink. They're looking for water, right? So uh, put a little sticky sticky trap up, and and then you can you can. Right now the bugs are all like coming in like crazy. Right now you put the especially if you keep the light on on the outside of the house, you just see your light at night is just like a massive swarm, right? So uh, now's the time when you just open the door. Anything else? You have, they're on your clothes. They come in, and so now's the time just to wash out and then put their little bug traps out there, and you can keep them. You can keep them under control. Okay, thank you very much. I really okay. like your show. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. All right. Uh, we're going to be going to news in just a couple of uh, seconds here. But if you have any questions for Rick or just looking for some tips as we kind of head toward almost the end of the growing season, it's hard to believe we're almost at the end of August, um, you can give us a call or a text at one 332 8255 I'm Erin McNutt here with Rick Van Dyvendijk from Dutch Growers. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Good morning. You're listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm Erin McNutt here with Rick Van Dyvendyke. If you have any questions for Rick, you can give us a call at 1-877-332-8255. And we have Elaine waiting for us on the line. So we'll uh, go over there to Prince Albert. Good morning, Elaine. What's your question for Rick? Good morning. Not necessarily a question, sure. but a solution, hopefully, for Love a lot that. of people. Perfect. Uh, Love it. Yeah, I was listening earlier to the gentleman that called in about wasps. Yep. I have been besieged with these creatures so much so I couldn't use my deck or my barbecue this year. Oof. And spent a lot of money destroying nests and buying commercial spray and traps, which, eh, kind of work. A friend sent me something off Facebook, and I was skeptical. But you take a dish of any kind, flat dish like a casserole, put 
just soap and water in it. Leave it about an inch below the rim of the container. You take yep. a two by four and take some cat food and squish it in the bottom of the two by four. Lay it across the casserole dish. And in four days, I lost count on how many wasps and hornets were in there. Well over a hundred. Wow. So just a second, you took the two by four, you squished, how did you, what did you do with the, with the cat food? You put, you or dog food? Squish it on the bottom, like the, the wider side of the two by four. You just take your hand yep. and kind of rub it on there and squish it in. And okay, then yep. put that side down over the water and soap solution. And that's ah. it. And then you just sit there and watch them fly in and die. Well, they'll be attracted to that 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 cat food nut for sure. You know, just like yep. having a, having a, a, your burger sitting on, on your deck, you know, on your table. Exactly. Well, that's perfect. I, Very I, simple. Was am, I was amazed. And so just yeah, just just a casserole dish with some soap and water, right? Fill it yep. up to about just the top of the lip. So, that, but just so you can set the there's a gap between the 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 soapy water and the the two by four, right? With the yeah. cat food or whatever on that you mushed all over the two by four, and then that's just your attractant. They get they fly underneath the two by four, get caught in the suds and the water from from the uh, from the um, uh, in in the dish, and that's your trap. Perfect. That's- that's it, and I, I I was absolutely blown away by how many I caught compared to the commercial crops. Hmm. Love a simple Very solution. Good. Yeah, and like I say, pretty much everything you've got in your house. Yeah. Except maybe cat food if you don't have a cat, but she <laughs> to go out and buy a tin of cat food. Exactly. <laughs> wow, <laughs> thanks, you. Elaine. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, you're welcome. Have a good day, you guys. You too. Thanks. Thanks very much. Sometimes it's the things you don't even think about. You know, you probably have all that stuff laying around or you have a neighbor yep. who's uh, who's got some of the stuff and you can go half-seas on the trap. That's really cool. Exactly. And I, I love that when they call in about their home remedies. That's, yeah. That's, perf- that's perfect. And it's so simple. Yeah. Right? So you can do it really easily. Like for to, sure. I mean, if you don't have cat food, you can use some, you know, some spam or any kind of oh, product yeah, probably. with some meat in it or anything like that. That would work great to to, um, to attract them and uh, they'll go after it right away. Hmm. They, they can, they, almost like they can smell it. Like it's it's amazing. As soon as you put the hamburgers or hot dogs on the, on oh, the yeah, barbecue, they, they, just seem, they seem to know. They just come. I was barbecuing last night and the exact same thing happened. I, you know, I do the, the scan of the balcony. Okay, no wasps. We're okay. You know, you start up the barbecue. It's like <laughs> yeah. two minutes later. There's just yeah. six or seven well, of them. <laughs> they're all around. So, yeah, they're all around. So it's, it's yeah, they're, whether this year, it's whether the yellow jackets or the black hornets, and they're just... They're very aggressive ones, and so that's, that's then this year, like I said, they're hangry and they're just more aggressive than than usual this year because they're they're just not as much with the drought we've had. Yeah. There's just not not as much food for them. Uh, we have a couple of texts that we can get to here. Uh, we'll start off with uh, this one. Uh, I have cucumbers in a raised garden bed with powdery mildew. I'm going to remove the soil this fall to prevent it from happening again next year. Is that the best move? Yeah. That- it won't really help that much doing that. It, basically, what you have to do is that you just have to c- control the way you water. Okay. Uh, you need to you need to water at the ground, not over top of the plants. You need to water it when the sun is shining, never when the sun is about to go down or when the sun's not out, like a cloudy day. Uh, you want the leaves to dry right away, and uh, also if you can uh, put your your plants onto a bit of a trellis or something like that. 
uh, you need air movement in around your your leaves. Okay, okay. it's when the, the leaves get really thick, and then you get the humidity, especially a hot year like this. You get a lot of humidity. That's what will create powdery mildew. Now you can use products to stop that. You can use garden sulfur. You can spray it on top. You can even use a home remedy, which is just basically milk and water mixed together, hmm. and you can just spray it on the leaves because the protein from the milk will eat away the the powdery mildew. So there's lots of solutions to to make that, but Basically, just watching your water practices, also making sure that you keep your plants healthy. And so having the right, you know, compost and nutrients in the soil uh, or adding an, 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 a, a, fertil a fertilizer that just doesn't have nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, but has all the boron, zinc, magnesium, everything in it, calcium especially, uh, things that keep the plant healthy so they can resist those kind of uh, fungals. And, uh, but, uh, then you, you, it'll work out good. So really uh, removing the soil isn't really going to be your help. Uh, just basically, uh, using good practices and keeping on top of it right away by spraying your milk product or garden sulfur on it as soon as you notice it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you can even use them as, as a preventive just to make sure it doesn't happen. Uh, even so as to spray them once a week or something like that. And then, uh, you, you'll make sure that you won't have that issue if you've had issues there before. Perfect. Uh, we have Elvin waiting for us on the line now from Regina. Hi there, Elvin. What's your question for Rick today? Hi, I have a ongoing problem with a uh, disease in my raspberry patch. And uh, the signs of this stuff are usually in the new growth through the months of uh, June into July and stuff like that, where the leaves start dying, they turn brown and, and shrivel up. And I was thinking it was like leaf rollers or something like that. So I've been opening these leaves and I find no eggs. I don't find no worms in there, nothing. And um, so anyway, I've been taking the dead stalks to the different garden centers here in the city. And one tells me that it looks like you have a virus, like a cold or something like that in your plants. Yep. Uh, apply copper sulfate and uh, it'll help you out. So I did that for three years in a row and then I quit because I, I don't want too much copper in, in, in the patch. Yep. Yep. Um, then uh, another place I went to, they said I was lacking phosphorus in the soil and they sold me a uh, high content phosphorus fertilizer and I applied that for two years. It doesn't do anything either. But on the computer, I got I ran into a program that had described the problem that I have with the, with the stalks turning uh, purple and black and dead leaves and stuff, and they said it's fire blight. And so if it's fire blight, will a, a product a, a, like Serenade uh, kill this fire blight or no? Uh, no, the only way only way you do get rid of that is by trimming you basically your stalks right down to the ground. Mm -hmm. and all of the, all of them like in the fall just trim them all right down to the ground and be careful that you pick up every single leaf every single little twig everything else and clean it right up and get rid of it and let them come from the ground again that'll be the only way you can really get rid of it and you have to when you cut them you need to cut them just a little bit below the ground surface okay below the ground surface yep uh, if you uh, can don't don't leave a little stub sticking up Okay. Oh, okay. So maybe that's my mistake because actually this year I've, I've already cut all the stalks out, uh, yep. and I took a vac in there and I vacuumed up everything as good as I could. Yep. Yep. Uh, but you don't want to leave those. You don't want to leave little stubs sticking up because that will retain. It'll be still in there. So you want to clean them right up. And in oh, fact, okay. what some people some people will do is they'll just remove the whole, dig up the roots and everything, and then replant. Let it sit for a year and then replant. Okay. All right. 
Jeez, and then, then you just, yeah. Well, it just doesn't take it doesn't take very long to to get a Raspberry Patch up and going again, mm-hmm. and uh, and you have a, even a chance to even then to put in a, a newer variety like uh, you know like Red Mammoth or Red Bounty, which gives you a, a way bigger berry and even you know way um, uh, good tasting, and they're they're uh, in, they were basically developed by the University of Saskatchewan, so they're good for our climate and they have a great crop on them. So th- those are. Those are two varieties you can, but you need, if you want to keep that one, you probably have Boyan uh, raspberry or something like that. Just make sure you, you have to trim them below the ground. Not, don't leave stubs sticking up. Uh, okay. okay. Um, does this stuff, uh, this uh, fire blade also get into the soil itself? Uh, not necessarily. It'll mainly stay in the twigs. If you can trim it out, I, I've been successful, but also make sure that what you want to do is sterilize your pruners quite often. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So, because otherwise your pruners are just going to spread it around as well. So, mm-hmm. so just make sure you keep everything very clean and sterilize lots. Like, like sometimes when I do fire blight in an apple tree. I'll sterilize after every cut. Okay. Oh yeah. And well, that, so that we um, used to have that back years ago when we had apple trees. Uh, but yep. But being cutting off branches and cutting off uh, raspberry stalks are two different animals, yep. as far as I'm concerned. Yep. So just just. Just cut them below the ground, and you can try it that way. Or otherwise, you'll just have to remove the whole patch and then replant again. Leave it for let sit for a year, and then replant again. All right. Sorry to cut you off, Alvin. Okay. We just have to take a quick break. But thanks for calling us in today. Thank you very much. All Thank right. You. We're going to have to take a quick commercial break. Then we'll be back with more garden talk on six fifty CKOM and nine eighty CJME. Good morning. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Aaron McNutt here with Rick Van Dyvendyke from Dutch Growers. And Rick, it looks like we're going to be busy for the next few minutes here. We have a, a few callers waiting for us on the line. Uh, we'll start off with Larry. Hi there, Larry. What's your question for Rick today? Uh, good morning. Morning. Uh, I have uh, some, all oh, my evergreens are about 35 years old. Uh, there's Branches are, are dying from the bottom up. Okay. Inside up, inside first? Yep. yep. Yeah. So that's that's spider mite. And it starts from the bottom, inside, and it works up and out. Usually the bottom half of the tree is the worst, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a big infestation of spider mite. Oh. The only way you can get rid of that is by just either just going out there and blasting cold water out all the time. Spider mite hate cold water. That's oh. one way of doing it. And the other way is you could use a, a thing called a product called Andol. It's canola oil and insecticidal soap and a little bit of pyrethrin. That works okay. But if you really want to bring the numbers down, is that you need to mask up and you know go use the according to the instructions, but use malathion. And then um, and then you you can you can bring the numbers down. You'll never get rid of all of them. You just want to bring the numbers down so the tree can basically adjust. And number one thing you can do is just make sure that you keep that tree well watered because a tree that big sucks a lot of moisture. And you got to put your water at the drip line of the tree, not right at the trunk, okay? Because all the feeder roots are out at the uh, at the drip line of the tree. So you need to put your water and your nutrients and your fertilizer, and but especially water when it's a uh, dry year like this year. And now is a good time to give it a good watering right now too because in September, I'm going to be telling you to slow down on the watering. But in August, make sure you hydrate that plant really well because those, those insects are sucking on the needles. 
and the tree can handle that as long as it has moisture it can keep up to the to the insects but what happens in a drought year the spider might love hot weather and they reproduce like crazy and the plant can't get enough moisture to help replenish what they're sucking out and then so you start losing needles oh okay uh would fertilizer help not now anymore but next spring because you want to create new growth okay, okay. so fertilize everything take 30 10 10 in about in that big of a tree you're going to use about 15 gallons of water and you're going to pour it around the drip line of the tree um, as much as you can because sometimes the drip line of the tree is out in the neighbor's yard or whatever right so pour it around as much as you can of the drip line of the tree and about for that size of tree um, if you go can go all the way around the whole tree about 15 gallons of water and do that once every three weeks from mother's day until july the 15th then you stop don't fertilize past july the 15th anymore oh, okay and around okay. the drip lining, not against the trunk, okay? Nope. We'll do all your watering and all your fertilizing. That's where all the feeder roots are, is at the drip line of the tree. So that's in about a three-foot swath, you know, a little bit inside that, that those branches. You uh-huh. think of when the, when it rains, right? You know, it's all dry underneath the tree, but where the water is dripping off the tree... At, at the outer edge when it starts okay. to rain that's that's where the they naturally put the roots because that's where the water naturally drains to and so that's where you want to put them your hose or you're going to put your fertilizer at that point oh okay thanks a lot okay okay you're welcome thanks larry bye-bye bye now all right we'll jump down to janet in north Battleford. hi janet what's your question for rick today Hi, um, I was trying to understand the what he said about the gophers and uh, how to get rid of them with a shoebox and and mouse traps. Like, I'm getting those. That, that's ones, the, yeah. I'm Go getting ahead. those ones that pile piles in your yard, like these yes. dirt piles. Are aren't they yep. pretty big creatures? Yeah, no, what I was talking about for the shoebox is voles, okay? Now, you have what's called a mole, M-O-L-E, okay? And the only way you get rid, the only way you get rid of moles, okay, because they'll just destroy your garden and eat up your roots on your plants and that, is what you have to do is you have to go to a, a garden center or PV Mart or wherever it has them. They call what you call a black hole trap for moles. Okay, it's called okay. the black hole trap. And then you set those, you basically find the tunnel and you set those in so that the hole is pointing up and lets a little, little the hole's about the size of a toonie and that lets light down into the hole. The, vole, the, vole, the mole will come up into the trap and get trapped by the trap and that's, that's, it works r- so well. It works really well. It's one of the best traps for moles out there. So, uh, um, that's, and they are a bigger animal. So that's why you got to use a mole trap. Uh, most trap will work for moles. Okay. You have to use a, a black hole trap for that one. So tell me the, what is the brand name of that particular one again? Or it's the called name a black, it? it's called a black hole, the black and then H O L E black hole trap. Okay. okay. And then for the, um, for the littler ones, um, cause I do have those too. They just didn't bother yep. me quite as much. Do I put the, um, shoe box upside up with mouse traps in it with peanut butter? No, no, upside down. The reason why, because as soon as you put peanut butter and a raisin or a craisin on top of it, the, the birds are going to land on top of that and eat the peanut butter and craisin and get trapped as well. So okay. the reason why I put them in a shoe box and I cut some little holes so the mice can get in is that I don't want to trap birds. Okay. I just want to okay. get mice. Okay, so cut little holes so the light can get in, and then what, they'll climb under there? 
Uh, no, for the for the for the black hole trap, you put it into the ground. You'll you'll have instructions how to put it. For the mouse trap, you're just cutting a hole so the mice can get in. They'll smell it. They'll smell the peanut butter and raisins. They'll find it. Don't worry. Yes, as long as there's the, a hole that they can get in. And the ground squirrels get caught by that too, right? The ground squirrels, you'll probably need though. There's there's another black hole trap for for ground squirrels and gophers. Okay. Um, okay. A mouse trap won't won't kill a, a gopher. Okay. It'll, it'll just you. it'll set it'll set it off and then eat all your peanut butter, but it it won't okay. catch them. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Janet. you so much. All right, we are going to take a quick break and then we'll be back. We have Ken and Sue waiting on the line. We'll get to your calls uh, right after our break here. If you have any questions for Rick, you can give us a call or text. It's all one number, one 332 8255 You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.